0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the GEMS podcast. I'm so glad you all are here. Today, we are so lucky to be joined by our very own Columbus High's Calculus Math Genius and the Edith May Sliff recipient. So it's Ms. Atkins, and thank you for joining us. Well,
1: thank you for having me. I'm um, fan of your podcast
0: for sure. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I got to interview, I mean, poll some Columbus high school students, like I mentioned to you earlier, and these were a couple of questions that they wanted to, and I'm kind of going to go in chronological order. So first, when did you realize that you wanted to teach? And then kind of a follow up is like, why did you want to teach math? Uh,
1: I was always math. Um, I had a great teacher in high school, her name was Ms. Moats, and I would say before I had her as a teacher, I kind of just borderline average math student but she really pushed me to go beyond that and um, I had her for two years which was kind of amazing Um, and she kind of became my inspiration for going into math and so for my first I would say three years of college I really was mostly just math and then I don't know I was at the University of Alabama one day walking across the quad and I was like what am I gonna do with this and I don't know, it just kind of hit me, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do... And I actually went back home and talked to her as well. Um, and anyway, I did all education classes, <laughs> like, the last year or so. Um, and I definitely wanted secondary. Like, I, I think my mindset has always been high school. Um, I couldn't imagine myself, you know, teaching a different level. Um, so... I think it was just that day walking across the college and thinking, what am I going to do with just straight math and, you know, what would be fun and new every day and, and that was it. And, um, she really had a lot to keeping my decisions there. I actually went to see her two years ago and I didn't know this, but she left high school, taught in college and even in college online. She put in like 42 years of teaching calculus. Wow. At the college level, I mean, like, combined high school and college. So, like, she really passion of math education ran through that woman's veins, and she just injected it into me. So, like, I I give her all the kudos for that.
0: Well, I hope you go for 42 years. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it would I don't
1: be like all math stuff, but um, staying here and in this realm of busyness, um, it takes a lot out of you every year. I mean, I like to say y'all get out in four years, and I've been here since. 2001 so or 2002 and it takes a lot
0: yeah no I was born in 2002 so So, I yeah
1: (laughs) I've been here your lifetime (laughs) wow
0: no that's and and so you're kind of talking like it it does take a lot to be a teacher especially this year during the pandemic and so someone was wondering what is the hardest thing about being a teacher
1: um for me right now is really hard I didn't realize how much I rely upon the energy in this room. Um, And I think, I'm gonna try not to cry, but I think the loss of energy in this room, because I feel like every year, I build a math community in room 133. And it's usually in groups, and we're usually doing group work together, and everyone's talking and chatting, and we're all in it for learning math, and getting to the AP exam, or whatever we're learning. So, um, it's hard for me when I don't have that energy, you know? and you don't have the same dynamic Um, but as far in general I think um, here it's hard not being a teacher it's hard um, managing all the things because I want to say yes to everyone and I want it to be as great as it can be because the students are invigorated to be here and I want to keep that going and so it's hard to manage being a full-fledged 110 percent teacher and having a life (laughs) um so I think that for me is is the hardest thing about being here
0: yeah I know I I was in the max of fives family last year in AP Calc and like I still talk to almost everyone at my table like still I help them with physics and all that stuff so like it those bonds don't really break. They, they don't. Do. I they
1: actually don't. had a sign I used to have up that um, someone made for me at the end of the year, and number one rule was your pod is your family. Yeah. And that was your group. And I remember you all based on where you were and who you were with. Yep. Like, literally, people can come in this room, and they'll look on the wall if they see their name in the high five, or even whatever, and I'll, I'll remember them, and I'll say, well, you were right here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Um, so you
0: keep the room the same. Every- <laughs> I do. So this is
1: really disturbing to me. <laughs> not have my room
0: normally. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, another question was, what was your favorite math memory out of all of the years you've been teaching? Do you have a favorite? I
1: have lots of I'm
0: Between very- Mu Alpha Theta, math team, I
1: all. Of- I don't know. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't.
0: Is there a light, like a, maybe a light in the 2020-2021 school year, maybe a favorite memory from the- this
1: year? Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, like the students in the room and just having them here and kind of like the, um, like my multivariable class. I think I probably, to, to be fair, I've had them two years. So I had them last year and this year. So it's nice to have them in the room, and even the ones on Zoom, because I already have a a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And we have the banter back and forth, but just that they, um, they know me. I think it's hard with the other classes when I don't know them, and you're trying to establish a relationship on mute every other day and all the things. So I really enjoy just the everyday chatter and back and forth that I can have with the students that are in the room that I miss on Zoom because I like to ask, well, when's your ba- game today? You know, like I was asking someone in seventh some period, well, what time's your game today? And, you know, uh, just little things that you just, you took for granted when they were just passing in. Like, I would ask kids as they were coming in here, you know, as they are coming up, the, you know, besides where's your ID? <laughs> um, you know, well, just little things, or talk to them. So I think that's different. Um, but I've had different memories over the ages. Um, that I've kept that I really enjoy some are funny some are you know whatever I have some really old memories funnies if you'd like to hear them but
0: um well it's it's funny someone was wondering what's the most embarrassing thing that happened in your class and I was thinking I was like I feel like Miss Adkins she's just like you're one of the most professional people I think and so when I was like embarrassing I couldn't really think of anything but if you had a story that
1: um I've almost planted it like face in the ground a couple of times and so that's kind of embarrassing when you're like tripping over cords or whatever but um I don't know I think for me uh one of my initial stories of when I first started I was actually a red devil before I was a blue devil so I started at central high school in um the city and I was fresh out of college I was you know very young okay (laughs) like 24 25 and calculators back then were about the same size they are now, but telephones were huge. Okay, telephones were like the bricks, and they had some that were like the bag phones, or, you know, they were just coming onto stage, so they were kind of big. (laughs) And I remember, and I was embarrassed at the time, but now I just think it's funny, but um, I had a student who didn't have a calculator during a test, so I gave him mine from college, which was one of these graphing ones, but it was still kind of chunky. And he was used to a different kind. (laughs) So I was managing people, and I heard this murmuring in the back of the room. And the the kid had the the calculator up to his ear like it was a phone because it really did look like the big phones from back then. And he was, talk, he was having a conversation in the calculator. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's just like, and he's kept on talking. So I go up to him. He's kind of a big guy. And I'm like, excuse me, what are you doing? And he turns around, and he says, he's like, hold on, man, I'm going to have to call you back. He was on the phone the whole time. I was embarrassed because it was just like the new teacher on the block, fresh out of college. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot handle this.
0: <laughs> oh but now I just
1: think back, and it's funny. And actually, I think I was the cool teacher on the block after that because they all thought it was a good story. And um, But that's one story that I've kept for a long time. Then I also taught at Harris County High School, which is a totally different um, – we have, like, tech prep and – and there were some great things about that. It, wasn't, it was not college-bound, of course it is college-bound, but there was a whole tech-type school. And um, there was one student one year that, uh, in my algebra class, he didn't want to do algebra. I was like, you know, um, he's like, uh, I'm going to be a bull rider the rest of my life. I don't know why I need algebra. And I was like, well, one day your butt's going to wear out, and you're going to need some brain work. And so uh, I was kind of embarrassed with that statement, but um, I still stand by it. I actually saw him in Lowe's, I think, about ten or twenty years later, and he was uh, in the navy, and he's like, "You're right, <laughs> it did wear out, and I did have to go to work." So I don't know. There are lots of stories. Um,
0: and so you taught algebra in the beginning of your career, and now you, uh, and no, actually no. Um, no,
1: I think when I first started, I was teaching like consumer math. I taught kids how to do their taxes and write checks and balance their their um, banking accounts. Why did we, we get rid of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I taught this thing called Tech Prep Math, so I would teach um, problems that might be related to nursing or you know different things like that, especially at Harris County. Actually, really interesting fact is I had some students in my it was like a applied trig kind of class mm-hmm. that were also in AutoCAD and my husband and I were trying to design our house that we built and when he got stuck in AutoCAD he would give it to I'd give it to my students. And they would go and take it and, and do little edits in AutoCAD. Then they would come back and tell me about the math they had to use. Like we had to d- rotate this angle or use this angle, and so it was, it was really interesting to have that bond with kids. They're like actually designing my house <laughs> in AutoCAD. Um, but yeah, I taught tech prep math um, for a long time, so it was based on you know, um, nursing or you know some kind of um, application. It was very application based. I didn't start calculus until I came here. And that was, I taught regular calculus for many years until Mr. Wan said, "Tech with this. And then I think I started, 2010 um, is when I started. Oh,
0: wow. No, I, I just, in my mind, you're the calculus no. guru. So as, <laughs> I, I just know. thought, no. So no. other than math, so like all those different types of math, what would you teach? If it wasn't math, do you know?
1: If it wasn't math? Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I had an English professor in college that told me I should be an English professor, and she told me I should double major. And I think she used one of my papers for a long, long time as a great example of some writing style. I can't remember what it was, but um, she was friends with my mother, and she would tell me that I made a mistake every day. She would tell my mom every time she saw, saw her, she's like, your daughter made a mistake. She should have been an English teacher. <laughs> No, I don't want to grade English papers the rest of my life. No. Um, uh, that's not for me. But oh. I do lo- enjoy English, and uh, that would might, if I was going to teach something, that might be the other one.
0: Well, if, it wasn't, teaching, oh, if it, it wasn't teaching, what would you do?
1: I would actually probably like to have been an architect.
0: So using what your kids did for yes. you and <laughs> doing yes. it for other people. No, I've that's always
1: enjoy um, that kind of I still look at house
0: plans for fun so yeah I I was looking at so you graduated from the University of Alabama Mm -hmm. and then you ended up going to CSU and then CSU again but there there was I guess gaps in between so like what made you want to continue going back and um going to school and then teaching was it you wanted to teach a certain class or something like that
1: um Actually, no. I um, I paid for everything. Like I did, I you know my parent. Neither of my parents went to college. I was the first one, really, in my father's family to go to college. So I only went to college on scholarship, and the whole way through I waited tables or did whatever to pay. I did graduate debt free. So then when I moved here, I started teaching and I started going to school at night, and I got my graduate degree. Um, and then. You know, life happens, I got married, and (laughs) things like that. I did take the gap between my specialist degree and my um, master's. Mm -hmm. I did my national board certification, which takes a good amount of time, maybe a year and a half, two years. Yes. And I did that. Um, And then I started on my specialist. And I was, again, I'm working the whole time. So I'm working and going to school at night. So that's, that's part of it. And it took me longer, but I paid for it all myself, and I I did it while I was working.
0: Wow. And, and so you were from Alabama, went to Alabama, and then what brought you to Columbus? Just the school or? Actually,
1: no. I graduated in December, which, you know, is kind of weird um, and you can't really get a teaching job. But at Central High School, they had an opening in the middle of the year, honestly, because the guy couldn't handle it. So, <laughs> so I inherited all his students that were um, in disarray. Like they were used to like a teacher not being there, so to speak. So um, that kid that was a big calculator, he was one of them. Um, so I got the job in the middle of the year. So he hired me in January, which is very unusual. I actually went back in, De- in May and graduated and walked, um, but I already had the job. And um, and then I was here. Uh, I stayed in Alabama for a couple of years and then I decided I'd rather teach and retire in Georgia. I felt like they had a better retirement plan (laughs) so um, I drove uh, 30 miles a day uh, to go to Harris County for a long time and then there's another gap if you notice like because then my husband was like I'm tired of you working all the time because I mean your job is never over you go home you're writing papers you're constantly working except for maybe the summers and then in the summer you're still working to get ready for the next year or grading
0: AP exam yes it's
1: like go get a nine to five and so I quit at Harris County and worked at Tesis for two years. And I enjoyed it. It was um, personally challenging. I enjoyed traveling, but I miss teaching. Like, I told him, I was like, I think it's just in my blood. And I went and I started teaching night classes at Troy State. <laughs> and then I was in England when I got this job because I was working for Tesis and I was on a business trip in England. And Coach Parker told me they had an opening. And I said, well, when I get back to uh, the United States, I'm coming to interview for it. (laughs) Wow. And so I did, and I got the job. And I told my husband, I was like, you're just going to have to put up with me working all hours because this is what I, I believe this is what I'm called to do.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, so one thing uh, that probably the listeners may or may not know about is the GLAM event that we just did, the math tournament for just girls. And so I think that started because you saw that at math tournaments, it was a majority boys. And that's kind of how gym started. I was the only girl on my math team that competed. And so um, how have you seen from when you started teaching to now, like the progression of involvement of girls in STEM and in math specifically?
1: Yeah, I've watched that progression quite a bit. And you are right that, you know, especially in the field of arena competition guys kind of dominate. Um, I remember early on, actually, the girl who painted that podium behind you was one of two that stuck with me for four years in math team back in the um, 2000s, like early 2000s. And I could probably count on one hand the number of girls who stuck with me for four years because they always get interested in other things and, you know, um, go their separate ways and um, so it's it, I saw early on that you know you don't have a lot of girls um, thinking and believing they can be fast enough, good enough, and um, competition-wise. But yet they still were very much rising to the upper level classes. Um, but the extracurricular part of math, you know, wasn't as strong. Um, and I can remember you know just a handful of girls before then. So I've been really happy and pleased with the push for more girls in STEM-related fields. Um, I know my first probably my first real like awakening at a national level is I went to the TI conference, um, which is a calculator conference. But um, and I have a picture on my wall over there, um, Maya Bialik of um, Big Bang Theory. Oh, She's mm-hmm. Sheldon's yep. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> she became the face of TI that year. They wanted to promote females in math and STEM related fields and. If you were at the conference and you posted a a tweet or whatever with a question that she wanted to answer then you won a calculator autographed by her and you got to go see her and have a meet-and-greet with her and photo op with her so I literally that was my question how do you get more girls involved in math competition or math extracurriculars that was the first question she chose to answer and she was like that is the best question of all the questions submitted to me today and she was like that is my mission this year that's what we want to do so like I really you know that brought to the awareness me like this is a huge problem like we need to make this more open to everyone um so I started getting us involved with um different things that were basically all girls Farida Tasnim if you remember her years ago she um, competed in an all girls event that sets a, a national level and she made it to like ground two and and then we found the competition down in valdosta which is an all girls event which is what we based our glam tournament off of so there they do a competition to have kind of little guest speakers come in and then have a little make and take that you can take with you and so but that's what the glam of it um is modeled after so I, I'm just a great copycat of good ideas and a promoter of good ideas, but I am glad that we started it. I think it's a great thing for um, girls. I also, when I did my graduate work, um, I researched that, that girls would much rather collaborate together and than to try to be like an entity of their own. They're much better at um, exchanging ideas and collaborating together than competing one on one, just by nature
0: wow so yep.
1: that was another reason when I have that event their competition is collaborative they work together
0: to give me answers no oh, I I think that's really cool like when I was their age so I got to see kind of how that glam event went at least this year and like when I was their age I didn't have that opportunity so now that I see that like it's already trending in a better direction with the amount of time that I've seen that progression happen and like that's it's a really cool thing to see and be a part of it's just no i totally agree yeah.
1: but that's the one thing that i started that i'm super proud of and i hope it makes it um you know the elementary event we've been doing for 20 plus years mm-hmm. this year it'll be this saturday it's the first time ever virtual um and then the middle school event i actually started because of a senior project i was the mentor of someone who wanted to start a new tournament So those kind of, I just took over, like they were already happening or it helped because it was a senior project. But that, the glam is like my baby. (laughs) I wanted to stay because I think it's a great event for um, girls. And at that level, fifth grade, I think it's the critical time to catch them. Because I think you start losing, girls start losing their confidence in math in middle school. And I see it, you know, more so uh, in high school. And once you lose it, it's hard to get that back.
0: No, absolutely. And the things that you do, like that's really encouraging, like girls that miss that opportunity now and girls that are in that time where it's really crucial to catch them. No, absolutely. Well, I think my, I have a couple more questions, but we're getting towards the end. Um, The question that always stumps anyone that I interview is who, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have lunch with any female in STEM, uh, she can be alive or not, who would that woman be?
1: Hmm.
0: There's always, like, a 30-second, like, moment of silence, like, thinking yeah. of all the pioneers that really... Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Um, uh, a woman? <laughs> okay. I might go with Sonia Poblesky. Um She is the mathematician that actually the tournament down in Valdosta they kind of base their format off of but I don't know like um, she would be like a pioneer but I'm always watching anytime I can um, hidden figures <laughs> and time so I have to go with Katherine Johnson because yes. I just think it's amazing to be as fabulous as she was at math in front of you know people who didn't want her to be <laughs> I, I just watched that movie like the the other weekend, I thought, that's just like amazing.
0: No, absolutely. That she
1: takes redacted papers and, you know, figures out their mistakes and puts it all over the whiteboard and they're just stunned. I mean, I guess to see that visual is really great. But I'm sure Sonia Pobolesky probably stunned some of the math gurus that she was around in the day too, but I don't know, the females would be hard um, because they're few and far between and undocumented um, as far as that goes. Yes. absolutely
0: well uh, I, like, I like I like Catherine as well yes so my last question is um, as girls are getting interested in STEM or maybe they're not yet what would be your best piece of advice for them to just keep pushing keep going and to continue their journey in STEM or math
1: Um you've got to find your passion. I think that's most important because to me if you find what you're really interested in and you know that you can do this for the rest of your life, then it'll all fall into place. I know I've had one student who I had years ago who was in a BC class and this student struggled. She struggled. like, And I was um, you know, always worried. I'm like, uh, are we going to make it to the end? You know, um, But yet love science and ends up you know, in college presenting in front of thousands of people um, like her research. And so I'm just always going, like, don't let, just because you might have a bad year in math or something doesn't click with you, don't let that keep you from your dreams because you don't always, you know, have to be perfect to get there. Um, and you'll, you know, actually I think failing and getting back up and, and fixing yourself and moving on is the best thing. Um, so it doesn't have to be perfect. I think girls have the mindset of everything has to be just like this. It's all going to be perfect. And you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> like that. I do. I and get it. it doesn't have to
1: be that way. Yeah. I never profess to be perfect. I, I teach a lot of kids who are a lot smarter than me. And I just drive the bus some days, and I'm fine with that. Um, but I will be there to support them in any way I can. And so if you can find your passion and do what you need to do to get, get there, I think that's the best that you can do because then it's not just a job it's something you really
0: enjoy it's your calling yeah yeah well thank you for uh sitting down and talking with me and for all of the contributions to the many students that you've had we we appreciate you more than you'll you'll know thank you i love you all (laughs) you
1: are in my heart forever (laughs) yes i keep a big book actually too of like every card and note students have ever written to me so like i'm gonna keep that for years and years
0: yeah oh. well thank you thank you thank you thank you all for listening if you have any questions or comments you can contact us through instagram twitter facebook at Colga gems you can also reach us through email our email is kolga at gmail.com that is c-o-l-g-a-g-e-m-s and i'll see y'all next time